Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one and welcome all. It is Tuesday, January 30th. 2024, 8.04 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are late because we were lollygagging. We were having a good time talking uh, before we started the show. It is the Blog and the Boys Roundtable. Our new, I don't want to call it off-season schedule, but probably going to be here every other week uh, for the foreseeable future. We were obviously off last week. For those of you who were looking for us, apologies, but we're streaming live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog and the Boys Facebook page, and the Blog and the Boys Twitch channel. You can, of course, catch the show live if you are here or at you know, your own convenience. If you want to rewatch it, that's up to you. You can also listen on the Blog and the Voice podcast network. And if you do, you will see, hear, read, perhaps taste uh, the sports Dallas Cowboys stylings of myself. I'm Arjo Ochoa. It's only a three-horse uh, show tonight uh, and therefore a two-horse competition. Mike Poland of UK Cowboys was scheduled to join us, but we think he forgot. And it's 2 a.m. his time, so... Mike, hope you're uh, you're resting easy. But uh, Brandon Laurie back on the roundtable for the first time in a very, very long time and in a new locale. Granted, you know, temporarily so. Uh, but Brandon, what's going on? Where are you? Don't like dox yourself, like not latitude, longitude situation. But uh, tell us what's going on with you. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the offseason schedule. I think that's why you kind of dusted me out of my cave to br- bring me on here. You got the skeleton crew. So uh, happy to be back on the roundtable. Of course, still going with the podcast, the writer's block, which Chris and I are on. But yeah, you mentioned remote location. Um, I'm in Texas. I'm in Fort Worth, uh, Dallas, Frisco, wherever you want to call it, uh, near the Ford Center for the East-West Strong game this week. So covering it for blogging the boys and uh, giving great content for everybody, inside information for the game coming up on Thursday. So uh, it's been an eventful week so far, traveling through Spirit Airlines. It's actually not as bad. Like, a hot take is Spirit Airlines to me is, like, not that bad. It could be better, but it's not horrible. Um, but shout out to, to Dickie's Barbecue Pit here in Texas. They've been keeping me fed uh, for two days in a row. So uh, shout out to those guys. Have you gotten the, uh, the yellow cup, the yellow plastic cup? Yes, I have. I have two of them now because I ordered twice. <laughs> okay good for you i mean you can keep those um if you want to you know take them back with you through security that's up to you by the way uh chris we're about to get to you but i saw brandon tweeted um was was there someone who went through security barefoot on your on your trick is that is that true yes there was uh to me there are certain people in this world that are very unique uh those people include the ones that go through barefoot uh through security and then there are the other ones that also rub their feet after they go through security and don't wash their hands afterwards too it's sort of like a lose-lose situation wow okay well what a way to introduce our other roundtabler tonight chris hauling um you hadn't shown your face in a long time chris and you've actually i know you don't watch every roundtable but you've caught some heat for this um there are some of your peers who think that you've been running from your takes um that you've offered at different points uh you know throughout the cowboys regular season i don't know the exact last time you were on uh but um I guess you're here to defend yourself, although nobody who's criticized you is here. It certainly wasn't Brandon. 
Hey, listen, it's been a while since I've been on, but, you know, I've been busy with work and, you know, like other things in life. But I mean, I'm glad to defend any previous takes. I don't really know what takes I'd be running from. I guess maybe the Dan Quinn one would be something that first comes to mind because he did kind of uh, fall apart in that wild card round. But I think I'm pretty spot on with everything else. So I don't know. I'm here to defend it and I'm here to take on any criticism. Yeah. So um, that is one of my takes that has aged incredibly well um i will say i was out on dan quinn before a lot of people i really hate that that is like my thing like the one that i got right you know like a super negative thing that was kind of the undoing of the team that we all love (laughs) but um it just kind of is what it is uh we have a lot of grievances to kind of get through uh get to and through i guess um some quotes that were authored by the jones boys on tuesday um you two weren't here two weeks ago obviously we did an airing of grievances it was a, a sort of you know festivus inspired thing because it was our first round table since the playoff loss and everybody was and remains just really pissed off um do either of you know what else was special about the last round table that we did anybody want to take a guess between either of you? uh chris you can go for that one i'm gonna guess it was an anniversary of some sort maybe um, episode i don't know it wasn't um i think we're well past 100 roundtables okay. at this point we're figured, definitely yeah yeah we're definitely well past like 3000 podcasts by the way everyone can listen to brandon and chris every tuesday on the writers block by the way y'all had a great episode that came out today um no what was special about it and we had tried to do this in the past uh where it looks like at one point like i don't know maybe like six weeks ago uh there were only going to be two people and so you know in the moment i said okay well, we're going to have a third you know kind of competitor and it's going to be the chat and I'm going to award points to the chat. The chat's going to be squaring off against the roundtablers. But Paul Stewart, who we all love, happened to be watching and said, well, I'll jump on, RJ. And we you know, kind of slacked back and forth. And he jumped on. And I mean, to be frank, kind of ruined it for the chat. And everybody was really disappointed. Uh-huh. Uh, but two weeks ago, we did have the chat register. Uh, there was a real like a formal, you know, document they had to fill out. We had to get like thumbprints and, you know, uh, social security numbers, all this sort of stuff. Um, and not only did they participate, they won. Um, and it was kind of a like, we're all mad. We're all sad. So let's let's just do this for everyone. Um, so the chat is actually the reigning winner. Um, so it actually kind of worked out that Mike was not able to show up here and that it's only the two of you because how could the reigning winner not have a chance to defend themselves? So we've got three competitors tonight, Chris and Brandon, the two of you, obviously, and the chat. Uh, we've also, um, I think since the last time each of you were on, done double points. Not going to do that here tonight. It's not that special. Uh, but, Brandon, your thoughts on going up against not just Chris, but literally everybody here. Well, I think you missed a real good marketing opportunity. You could have called it Brandon Chris versus Chat BTB. Um, you know, I think that wow. would have been really good on your part. Um, missed opportunity, but that's okay. Redemption is still possible. Uh, but no, I, I, am excited. I think that the fans have a lot of great stuff to say. Um, certainly, like you said, it's a very passionate fan base right now with everything that's going on, you know, the news about the, will he, won't he, on um, Dan Quinn sort of dancing like a romantic comedy right now at this point. Um, but I do think that when we get clarity, we'll all get over this hump together and be a little bit more positive as the weeks goes on. Uh, Chris, I think that you probably share those sentiments with Brandon. So I'm just going to throw you a question from the chat from CB. Are we still in hell? Um, cause it's, <laughs> it's kind of felt that way for a while. Um, so that's yours, uh, Chris. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wake up every morning hoping the pain will go away and it just doesn't go away. You know, wow. I just, you know, I just, uh, trudge through the day listening to my sad music and just thinking about what could have been, you know, you know, if the Cowboys had made it to the NFC championship instead of the Lions, would it have been a better game? Would it have gone differently? Would they be in the Super Bowl taking on uh, Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift? I mean, you know, a lot could be different 
but yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's so disappointing because everything was, was, was right for them. You know, like they had at least two home games. They had, they had such a great defense throughout the regular season. Dak was playing the best football of his career. I mean, CD lamb just showing out. It just, it just feels like if, if it couldn't happen this year, then when is it going to happen? So I'm, you know, I, I mean, I'm interested to see what they can do differently in the off season, what they can change. Cause they're not changing much in the coaching staff. It seems. So the answer was yes. I mean, yeah, but I don't want to just say yes. Cause we gotta get some more, you know, some more substance out there. Right. Uh, well, the chat's off to an early lead. They're up 13 to nothing. I don't know. I'm going to guess Brandon does know uh, that 13 is Taylor Swift's favorite number. Uh, so it just kind of felt appropriate, Chris, since you brought her up, that she got on the board in that capacity. Uh, we have the Jones boys comments. And of course, we want to get your thoughts, uh, Brandon, on what is happening in Frisco this week. But I guess before we do, we have to kind of start where you did, Chris, um, on what's today, Tuesday. It was announced. It was reported that Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, will not be taking the Washington commander's job, I think. You know, the general kind of football world thought that he would. That opens a significant door, Chris, for Dan Quinn to take that job. So first question, do you want Dan Quinn back? Why or why not? Chris, I'll... I'm, I'm on the fence. Like, I don't pick want a side. Him. No, you've got no, to pick it's... a side. Okay. You can't be a coward. What, I, what, I want, what I wanted is I wanted Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn gone. If you're getting rid or, or no, if you're keeping Mike McCarthy, then it's like, do we get rid of Dan Quinn too? And then what are the better options out there? It's just hard to debate because he had such a great regular season and the players really respect and love him. But at the same time, he's failed in the playoffs each time as well. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, I don't want him back, but it's just such a, it's just such a tragic fast downfall because it seemed like, you know, it was, it was wishful thinking that he would stay in Dallas just, just a few short weeks ago. And now it's, it's like, oh, like, you know, like most Cowboys fans don't even want him back. So I'm going to say no. But I mean, if he comes back, I'm I'm not going to be like, man, you're pre-coping, you know, Chris. Back. No, you've, you've got to live with an answer. Like you've got to live and you've got to say, no, I don't want him back. So if he's back, it's a failure. It's OK. You can say that. Well, I, OK, well, here's the thing. I think it's a failure that that they brought back Mike McCarthy. So I um... avoiding the question entirely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brandon, I don't know. <laughs> Brandon, show, show them how it's done. Do you? And Brandon, you are a really positive person. So, um, yeah. like, I feel like a positive person, but I am down really bad. I haven't gotten the sense that you're down as bad as I am this offseason so far. Uh, but I could be totally wrong. Uh, maybe that's just the um, the foot odor that has kind of you know persuaded you in one direction. Either way, uh, do you want Dan Quinn back? Why or why not? Yeah, I I do want Dan Quinn back, and I think it has a lot to do with if you're bringing McCarthy back. Sort of like what Chris was dancing around is the fact that if you're bringing Mike McCarthy back you should bring Dan Quinn back. I think if you try and go all in this year, as we're going to get to in a little bit, I think you don't do that unless you have continuity. You have the same voices in the room to tell you who to draft, who to bring in through free agency or making a possible trade. I think all of those pieces are important. And I said for the longest time, like if people are upset with the draft class last year, rightfully so there was an underwhelming performance certainly wasn't the best in Will McClay's time. You need Dan Quinn to be back and coach somebody like a Mozzie Smith, coach a DeMarvin Overshown, coach an Eric Scott Jr., who the Cowboys traded up to get in the draft. Like Those are all key guys that you hope develop and move forward in their careers. And to me, when you bring somebody else in, where do they stack up? And then also with the guys you just handed contracts to, maybe not so much the Trayvon Diggs, but you know the Malik Hooker, the Donovan Wilsons of the world. You know Dan Quinn is known to have a heavy safety set in his defense. Somebody else comes in, where does that leave those guys? And I do think that Dan Quinn has shown 
even coming to the Cowboys, the biggest gripe against him was he wasn't really changing in Atlanta. He didn't do things different from what he normally was doing. But then come to find out when he's joining the Cowboys as the defensive coordinator, everybody was singing his praises for, oh, he's adapted, he's changed, and he's doing everything that he wasn't doing beforehand. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that if Jerry Jones, whoever else is in his ear saying, hey, you know, DQ, we loved what you tried to do with Marquise Bell in the, uh, the linebacker room last year. We need linebackers to be in here. And who knows, maybe he was saying that it's just – it could be a case where the front office couldn't really find a good trade partner. I know that there were reports that they wanted to trade for a linebacker, just didn't work out at the trade deadline. So maybe he was voicing for those and kind of was working with what he had. I just think you got to give him a little bit benefit of the doubt because of the proven success. I mean, we were cheering for two years in a row. Oh my goodness. Thank goodness. Dan Quinn is back. That shouldn't really change just based off of one game. And I do think all the reports are he had his kind of worst season uh, or stretch of games by the back half of the year. Um, but I do think that the offense was a little underwhelming in certain spots too. So I think it goes hand in hand and I just want to see him at least have one more opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, it seems like that the team's really kind of set to clean house entirely. So I wouldn't be shocked at that next year too. Um, I agree with you that it kind of makes sense to do this, but that's, or I kind of agree with Chris, even though Chris, you read the fence. Like, I mean, when they decided to bring Mike McCarthy back, they just kind of were stuck in a lame duck sort of position with everybody. And if you are somebody who wants Dak Prescott gone, that like it wouldn't make sense to move on from Dan Quinn or Dak Prescott if you are going to run things back with Mike McCarthy. Uh, there was a comment along these lines. Uh, where was it? Where was it? I'm trying to find it. Install and buy time. Um, I don't know where it is. I've lost it at this point. There we go. Uh, some Brian. Everybody follow Brian on TikTok. Um, at Talk Cowboys says, changing coordinators, if you can avoid it in an all-in season, would be idiotic. I would offer, and I think Chris, you would agree, that taking this approach is the idiotic thing to do, which is what the Cowboys have obviously done. Um, I'm out on Dan not, Quinn. Not yet. I'm... I mean, I, I would say not yet. We're still waiting to see. I mean, he might be out of the building. You know, who knows? I'm I'm so out on Dan Quinn. I'm I'm so out. I mean, I had fallen out of love a long time ago, and I tried to advise all of you, and nobody wanted to believe. Everybody <laughs> wanted to believe in in the Chris Richard effect. I know he's not wearing cleats and running around, but um, I mean, the Seattle game was such an obvious thing. They didn't force a single punt, and everybody was like, "It's cool. It's cool that they got the fourth down stop at the very end," which was true, and they deserved a lot of credit for. It. And then they got worked by Buffalo. They allowed the last second drive against Miami. I can't understand what they did against Detroit to open the door for us to have dumb two point conversion conversations for a week. And then obviously we're in no way prepared for a green Bay. So um, I think the world of Dan Quinn is a human being, but I don't want him anywhere near our football team. That being said, if the alternative is Ron Rivera, I will lay on train tracks for Dan Quinn. I mean, like that, that's how much I do not <laughs> want Ron Rivera. Um, Chris, do you agree with that at, at the very least? I don't hate Ron Rivera as much as you do. I gotta be honest. I mean, he was a defensive oh, guy early in his career. I know his defense wasn't good in Washington oh, this past year, but look at who they had. I'm not saying that Ron Rivera should be a head coach, but I mean, I mean, like taking a proven guy like that as your coordinator. I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I would prefer Dan Quinn between those two options. Um, I guess that I agree with that, but um, I can't believe that you're. Somewhat down with Ron Rivera. By the way, uh, Brandon Brian has said that if you if you can be if you can have a beverage bought for you this week, um, he would be down. So uh, maybe you know slide into Brandon's DMs, uh, Brian. You know, there you go. Broker. Um, again, not trying to dox you, Brandon, but you know the people are asking for you uh, at this point in time. Anyway, um, let's see here. There was a comment I wanted to get to. Uh, so uh, Isaac 
says uh, on the Book of Faces, I was planning to make a trip to Dallas to go watch a game, but now I don't know. Uh, Chris, you went to the Panthers game. Is that correct? No, no. So I was supposed to go to the Panthers game and, and um, I ended up being in a wedding. So instead I went to the Bills game. In hindsight, I would have much That's rather right. gone to the Panthers game than that Bills game. So... And didn't you go to the Bills Steelers playoff game? Am I correct? I did as well. Yeah. Um, tickets shot down in prices because of the whole weather. And it was on a Monday at like four. So I took advantage set like fourth row for not that crazy much. It was a fun experience, but very cold. So that being said, I I know that a lot of people say this all the time. I know you both see this all the time. Um, this is not really a Dan Quinn question, but it takes us it's we're taking us to the Jerry and Steven quotes from today. Chris, there's a lot of Cowboys fans who are pretty fed up who are like, I don't want to buy anything. I just want to like hide. I'm gonna pretend the basketball season matters more to me than it ever did, uh, which sucks if you're a Spurs fan like me. Uh <laughs> but, I, I mean, whatever. It's still a really painful <laughs> process. Anyway, um, it's annoying. It's annoying to be a Cowboys fan. I think it's okay to say that. Like, I think it's I think it's healthy for us to kind of admit it all out together. It's very annoying to be a Cowboys fan because the Cowboys are in such a unique situation. Because if you ask really a majority of teams in the NFL if they would take going you know twelve and five for three straight years, so many of these teams would be like, "Awesome, you know, sign me up." But the Cowboys, you know, despite doing this, continue to fail in the playoffs. And you hear all these quotes about how, oh, like if you have I, I mean, if the media is talking about us, then like we're doing, you know, the, the um, right job and all these different things. And it just seems like it's become more of a business than it has a football team in a lot of senses. And I feel like some of the players may even, you know, like have that mindset as well. I'm not saying everyone on the team does, but just something isn't adding up because they have plenty of talent to, you know, go deep in the playoffs and they just continue to crumble whenever the uh, lights shine the brightest. So it's very frustrating because it's just hard to figure out where to go next because, because um, Dak Prescott's on the final year of his contract entering this season. It it, it seems like a, a one try left for Mike McCarthy and potentially Dan Quinn. It could be for Dak Prescott, too, depending on how they handle that contract. So it's just weird because then how much are you going to, you know, you know, um, invest into this regular season to really make that final all in push, as Jerry's saying earlier today. So it's just frustrating because the Cowboys are just given because because Cowboys fans are given hope each and every season and they just fail to live up to those expectations in the playoffs. Brandon, we're going to get to the all in comments that we're um, dancing around now, but before we do Haley asks on the book of faces, why aren't they all in every season? What is the point? Yeah, I would say last year, I think you could make the argument that they were all in with the Stefan Gilmore and the Brandon cooks trade. Um, they re-signed a lot of good players that were uh, that oh, frankly, a lot of Cowboys fans wanted back, you know, Donovan Wilson, uh, maybe LVE was on the fence for if people wanted to bring him back or not. But I think last year you saw that being able to retain Dan Quinn, all this stuff, it was looking like an all-in push. Now, whether or not it, it worked out, you know, of course they re-signed Trayvon Diggs and all this stuff. Um, that could be up for debate. I do think that it, it is tough because when you're saying you're all-in this year, I'm, I'm happy to see that they are very self-reflective of that and that where they need to be in those comments. Um, I do think that they will say every year that they're all in. But again, we haven't really seen too much. I know everybody's been asking, well, where are these moves every year? I think because the, the Cowboys value the draft more than a lot of teams, they're not willing to part with these picks like they are, you know, like the Bears or somebody else potentially for uh, Chase Claypool. And for every Chase Claypool, that, that kind of makes me feel confident, like, hey, hold on to those picks. You know, make sure you're not really trading for a player like that because you just need somebody. Um, when they do trade for players like an Amari Cooper for a first round pick, they usually tend to hit pretty well. 
and same with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks too. So um, I think it is tough because you don't have a lot of money to spend and they don't have a lot of draft picks to trade this year. So the all-in push, where is that going to come from? I mean, maybe they can make a mountain out of a molehill or whatever the saying is for that. Uh, I don't know if it's in the same context, but you get what I'm saying. You're going to have to make uh, a ton of lemonade with the little amount of lemons that you have. So it'll be interesting to see where this all-in push comes from. But I, I do believe when they say they're going all-in, that could mean in a variety of ways. And I've heard from other beat reporters that cover the team, too. They're like, the Cowboys were very disappointed in where the season went. Like, they're going to do everything possible to kind of make it so it doesn't happen again. So we'll see. This is a real fan question, but that's what we are. So I'm going to ask each of you. I just want yes or no, and I would like the chat to answer. Do you think they, and we'll use a royal they, like they can be Jerry and Steven, they can be Jerry and Steven and whoever else you want, but do you think they are more disappointed than us, Chris? No. Brandon? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Do you think they're more, or do you want? I can. I'll let you offer equal as an option. Do you think they're equally disappointed or more? Uh, I would say more, and I, I only say that because I do think that when the Cowboys are playing at a high level, that's great for business all the way around. You look sure. at you know the the marketing that could happen between the Super Bowl, just having Taylor Swift involved in the conversation. You know, we know the power of the Cowboys brand, so I do think that. For them to be successful in the same year that Jimmy Johnson goes in the Ring of Honor, now people are looking at it as, well, Jimmy Johnson really is the lasting impression of what it is to win in Dallas. And I do think that for them specifically, like they they talked about it, you know, the year before, two years before, like Jerry Jones was constantly disappointed because he said, you know, we've given everything to this team. They did a lot of things to put the players in the best possible position. But that's why they went out and traded for a Gilmore and a Cooks. You know, they wanted to give the team the best chance to succeed. And when you look at the year before in San Francisco, Tony Pollard gets injured. They have no weapons on offense. This year, I mean, everybody was healthy. Michael Gelkin pointed out there were no running backs that were injured. All starting five offensive linemen were on the field. Dak Prescott was healthy. Um, the defense was healthy. Given, you know, you lost Trayvon Diggs at the beginning of the year, you can adjust to that. So I do think that they're more disappointed for everything that we say that they do wrong or are criticized for, sometimes rightfully, sometimes wrongly. Um, I do think that they are more disappointed in this. Um, for what it's worth, Brandon, literally nobody agreed with you. I'm totally okay with that. Um, everybody believes that they are um, way less. That, I mean, obviously, everyone offers takes about money and how they're making money no matter what. And we all know, you know, that they're, you know, at the center of the universe no matter what. They're America's Game of the Week. By the way, on the subject of that, um, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson scheduled to join the blog and the boys universe later on this week. Uh, so make sure you subscribe here to the blog and the boys YouTube channel and to our podcast network. We'll have uh, that interview as well as an interview with Kay Adams dropping on Wednesday. Uh, so I think Kay's dropping on Wednesday and uh, KB and Greg Olson on Thursday, and then hopefully some fun interviews next week uh, when I'm in radio row with 94 one San Antonio sports star. Uh, but that's a whole different subject. Um, again, everybody thinks the Cowboys suck and are losers and greedy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, again, it's a tough time. Although Brian did offer this take, um, says I think Jerry is more upset. I don't think Stephen cares because he's counting his money rolling in. Um, I offered that Stephen is the eldest boy on the radio today, which was a, and, and I, I know I'm not the first person to make that analogy, but it it does fit. So um, just going to offer it. An update on the score: Brandon 42, Chris 44. Chat, pick it up. 
All right, you're in third place right now. Uh, so I need you to impress me a little bit more. That being said, let's talk about Steven. Steven Jones, Chris, on Tuesday from the Senior Bowl uh, said that he understands Dallas Cowboys fans being upset with the team. Um, he said that until we do it, we haven't. I actually thought that it was a pretty astute comment from Steven. It was pretty fair. I mean, it, you know, you can't kind of run from the truth at this point. So I'm not giving him like props or anything, but he didn't dress it up. What I did find interesting, Chris, uh, was that he mentioned, do you trust Tom Brady and the Patriots? Do you trust Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Yes, because they've gotten it done. Now, Clarence Hill Jr. did follow that up and say, you brought up the quarterbacks. You know, how do you feel about Dak? And he said, we love Dak. We, you know, we've made that very clear. Um, but it did feel just a little bit like like he was you know kind of pushing the heat onto Dak and not necessarily them. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that that's 100% how it comes across, and I think it's fair because, I mean, as good as Dak Prescott played this regular season, he looked like the same playoff Dak this year, and 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 I would love for Dak to to um, continuously play well in the playoffs and have games games similar to how he had last year whenever he uh, played so well against the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that wild card round. But Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott's game just comes down a notch every time that they play in the playoffs. And I think that that's something that maybe the front office is starting to, starting to take notice of. And I think just for that reason, I think the Cowboys really shouldn't be rushing to extend him just to free up cap space for this season because, because I don't want the Cowboys to be trapped into a long-term deal with Dak and then never get over that playoff hump. But I think also what people have to understand too is that there's not a Tom Brady and a Patrick Mahomes just hanging on trees out here in the NFL. Like There's a reason why they're so dominant and there's a reason why they keep going back to where they're going is because they're the only people like that in the NFL. And, you know, I mean, it sucks that the Cowboys don't have that guy, but I mean, what other options are going to be that next Patrick Mahomes, that next Tom Brady? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, those other quarterbacks are still having those failures in the playoffs. Josh Allen hasn't been able to get really there in the playoffs. Um, um, the uh, the, the, um, the um, MVP favorite in Lamar Jackson also still hasn't really been able to get over that hump. He doesn't have a great you know, winning record as well. So I just believe that you know those things that you see with Dak – you're also seeing with these other elite quarterbacks around the league as well. Brandon, do you give Steven any props for letting us know that water is wet? It's yeah, <laughs> a good way to put it. Um, I do think that he deserves some credit because I, I don't remember him ever acknowledging the fans in the past in, in sort of a capacity like this. I know Jerry Jones has talked about it after all these playoff losses, like, hey, I'm sorry that the fans are going to be disappointed and that I let down the fan base. Uh, For Stephen Jones to mention it, I think that that truly shows how disappointing it is. Um, And listen, maybe it was a wake-up call. Maybe it was a wake-up call to say to this team, like, hey, we weren't as good as we thought we were. I know Sauce Gardner was on Stephen A. Smith's podcast, and he was talking about how last year I think they set their expectations way too high for what they were and supposed to be with Aaron Rodgers. And then when everything came kind of crashing down, I think it was like they were trying to pick up the pieces all together. For the Cowboys, it's like you didn't have an Aaron Rodgers get injured or a Dak Prescott at the beginning of the year. Like you had everything in front of you. So I think that's why acknowledging the fan disappointment is so important because of the fact that, you know, you can't really spin this in a way to say, hey, well, we had this happen. We had that happen. Mike McCarthy got sick and couldn't be there on game day to call a good offense, anything like that. I mean, it just wasn't a competitive football team. And I think it's a reflection of the coaches to some degree, but I think just the players just didn't get up to play uh, in the playoff game. So I think by him saying, like, listen, I understand you're upset. We will get better. They're trying to do the best they possibly can in the situation. And when talking about Dak Prescott, yeah, there are ways to talk about it. And we've mentioned it on bloggingtheboys.com that there is a way where you can kind of 
push the money into a signing bonus. You free up around $20 million in cap space and you let the contract ride out. But the dangerous part about that, in my opinion, is what message does that send to the locker room where you're not willing to play ball with the quarterback that's had to answer all these questions to do all these things. He had an MVP regular season. And don't forget, the defense gave up six touchdown possessions in a row to the Green Bay Packers. That wasn't Dak's fault. So I look at it as if you don't re-sign Dak, what does that message send to the locker room? Does Dak even want to play ball with you next year? And as Chris mentioned in his point, you don't really have a lot of options at quarterback if you're picking at the back end of the draft. Let's say they make it to the divisional round, lose, and then you're picking 28-27. You're going to have to give up the farm, just move remotely into the top 10. So I just think that if you extend Dak, he's shown enough and enough growth over the past two years, three years, um, to where you say, okay, he is the franchise quarterback. He did everything he possibly could in the regular season to get us to 12 wins. He wasn't the reason why we lost a lot of the games. Um, I do think the Buffalo game, maybe Miami, you could argue with that. Um, but I, I give him a little bit more grace, given what he showed in the regular season over a larger sample size, not just the one game. Um, I think I speak for all of us in saying that of the trio of McCarthy, Quinn, and Dak, that even if you're really mad at Dak, Dak is the one we trust the most. That fair to say, right? You know, okay, so everybody's not yeah. ahead for the podcast audience. Um, I agree with this from Nicholas Frank in the chat. Says the Dak shit is unfair when they are bringing back Mike McCarthy and just poking when Dan Quinn is shopping himself around. Uh, one, you know, kind of one hundred percent, you know, par for the course for the Joneses. Um, it does feel like they are asking Dak to save them. Like, hey, Dak, we don't really, you know, we don't really have the creative juices to kind of figure out the answer to this pickle. So just be great and you know, save us. We're in the corner, paint us out of it. Um, it kind of is what it is. Um, there's a lot of hating on deck in the chat, which is just a bummer for all of us who have tried to defend him a lot over the years. It's really difficult right now. That's why this offseason sucks and it's only two weeks old. Um, so yeah, I do want to very quickly, and we did talk about this on the NFC East mixtape myself and not Brandon Laurie, but Brandon Gatton. So that'll drop on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, Chris quickly, your thoughts on Kellen Moore joining the Philadelphia Eagles. I love it as a Cowboys fan. I mean, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of him when he was in Dallas, you know, um, I feel like in the blogging the boys universe, I was one of the more yeah you were you were one of the first to want to move about, on. Yeah. about wanting to move on. So I feel like it's a victory. I think that they had a good um, hire with Vic Fangio going at defensive coordinator, but I think that this is a miss. And it's going to be very interesting because the Cowboys defense went up against Kellen Moore in practice a lot. So you know, I, I'm curious how he changes things up going up against the Cowboys and and uh, what he does differently. But you know, like as of right now, to me, it's exciting. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I said on Twitter, the Eagles are really building like an injustice team, the, the Cowboys Justice League. Uh, you know, you have Vic Fangio, you have Kellen Moore, all sort of like the anti-Cowboys coordinators uh, to go against them. And I do believe that the Eagles, just like the Cowboys have done in the past, you know, you kind of build your team around trying to compete in the division, then you go from there. Um, I mean, we see it with Kansas City, with the Raiders, with the Chargers, all these teams where you know that it's going to be a battle to win the title. You try and be the best. I know the Giants have done it in the past, too, to try and compete with Dallas and Philadelphia. So maybe this was a move to try and compete against the Cowboys a lot better than they did this year. Uh, but I also think, what does this move say about Jalen Hurts and him as a runner, maybe the running game entirely? Because we know that for Kellen Moore and his time with the Cowboys, wasn't really a, a successful running team. I remember McCarthy was saying, we need to run the ball more, run the ball more. And when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts, he's, he's a great quarterback because he's dual threat. And I know Justin Herbert was running a little bit more this year. I think it's just because his offensive line was bad. Um, but Kellen Moore doesn't really show that he's a 
run heavy coordinator. So was this a move to appease maybe somebody like an AJ Brown more so than a Jalen Hurts? You know, you need to get that passing game going. Um, and he's certainly the guy to do that. And of course, last year, the Eagles were at the bottom of the league in motion offense. We know Kellen Moore does that a lot too. So it's an upgrade, but we'll just see how much, given the fact that the Eagles were at the bottom of the league, it's like you can only go up from where they were last year. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once in a lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. That's well said. Um, so basically, we all think that Kellen is a loser. I'm just, you know, going to kind of, you know, sum it up. Jeez. You know, nice zip tie. <laughs> you know, okay, cool. Uh, so the comment that we've kind of referenced, by the way, an update on the score, and this is the big question. So this is the chance that everybody has to really kind of take home some points. Um, chat is no longer in last place. You are, Chris. Uh, Brandon Laurie, 61 points uh, with his Dickies cups in hand. Did you get a sweet tea, Brandon, or did you get something else? Uh, I got the lemonade and I did uh, get actually, no, I got the sweet tea yesterday. It was very okay. good. Have you had any Whataburger since you've been in town? No, I have not. I'm saying what the hell, dude? I mean, best for last. I don't want to set the expectations too high. I want to just go right in. You know, if it's a great meal end on a high note. I didn't think you'd be able to get out of that pickle, but you did. Uh, so good for you. Uh, Chris, pretty embarrassing. Uh, so Brandon has 61 points. You have 57. The chat has 59. Very, very close race here. Uh, but since you are in last po- uh, place right now, Chris, you get to go last. Uh, so Brandon, you get to go first. Jerry Jones says the Dallas Cowboys are going all in on 2024. We've talked about this already tonight. So my first question is, do you believe him? That's like, do, do you do you believe that they're going all in? And your answer could be yes, but I view it like this. You know, they're they're going to define all in like this. And, but you have to say yes or no whether you believe. It. You can't shy away like Chris did earlier in the show. Yeah, I'll say yes, and I'll say in the vein of what I kind of talked about before, where they don't really have many pieces to play with. Their draft assets are a little depleted. We'll see what happens in the comp pick realm. Um, but maybe they trade a second round pick for a starter. You know, we've seen in the past that the second round pick for the Cowboys is not really something that they have had a lot of success with. You know, a lot of flyers on guys. 
I know in one of the mocks, I believe, from Dane Brugler, they had them taking Jonathan Brooks, the running back out of Texas. But he's, I know, of course, dealing with an injury. So what does that really do for them right now in the short term? Long term, great. Short term, I'm not really sure. So if you trade for a, a plus starter um, at whatever position, it could be defensive line, it could be a linebacker. Um, I think that would go a lot longer of a way than drafting a guy. I know the first round is something that Dane Brugler was excited about. He said there's a lot of top talent in the first round. I don't think it would make sense for the Cowboys to trade away from that, given all the talent that may be offensive tackle if they're trying to replace Tyron Smith. So to me, that's great. But what do you do with the limited resources? Do you go out and sign somebody like a Devin White, a Levante David, linebackers that could be available that were plus players last year, better than what the Cowboys had? Um, so I do think it's all in. I, I did love the kind of back and forth you had with uh, David uh, Hellman on uh, Twitter, where he was talking about the rim uh, comment where it's like, uh, oh, we're around the rim all the time. And it's like, yeah, but it's, it's with the definition of all in with around the rim. And it was a guy throwing the basketball away. So that was a really good, uh, you know, sort of description of that. But yeah, I think they're going to be all in. It's just a matter of what they, they can do with whatever they have. Um, they took fifth round picks last year for Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore and turned it into plus starters. So I'd give them the benefit of the doubt with the limited stuff that they have to just try and make it all in push. And that also you know, you need to sign your guys too. If you can get an extension with CD Lamb and Dak Prescott done, alleviate some cap space. You made you make some tough decisions. We'll see what happens with Michael Gallup. To me, that's an also an all-in push. Where if you need to make those hard choices, that still can signify an all-in push too. Okay, so a bit of a positive spin on all in. Uh, again, Brandon, I really yeah, admire you and trying to, you know, keep the sun shining, uh, keep the, the rain clouds away. Uh, by the way, Watson Mata said, this offseason, I do not envy the task of BTB. After the 2022 playoff failure, fan- fandom was angry and dejected. The Cowboys made hopeful moves. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore gave us hope. Then this, you should know, Watson Mata, that the task isn't to encourage. The task is to inform uh, and to be real. Although sometimes encouragement is a part of that, as Brandon just evidenced. Uh, so, uh, uh, Chris, do you believe the Cowboys are all in? Or why not? I do not, because I think if Ooh, so, you think that you're calling BS. I'm calling BS on it, and you know maybe maybe this is me reaching, but I think if they were going to go all in, then then um they would have let go of Mike McCarthy and they would have brought in Bill Belichick personally. I mean. That's a move that just defines going all in the the most successful Super Bowl head coach of all time. And I'm not saying that he's the future option for the Cowboys, but if you wanted a coach who was going to come in, bring that hard nosed toughness and discipline, you know, and, and kind of set this team straight, then Bill Belichick would have been that all in move. And I kind of thought it was possible, but you know, it's not possible. And also, in my opinion. The definition of going all in is sacrificing your future, sacrificing things to make moves right now that impact your team in the immediate now. And I just don't believe the Cowboys show a track record of doing that. The last time, the last time they truly did that was when they traded for Amari Cooper because because that was going up a first round pick. I don't really view you know trading fifth round picks as going all in. You know, bringing a big free agent, bringing a big signing like. I mean, if they turn around and sign Derrick Henry or if they go and even sign Saquon Barkley or do something crazy like that, then that's kind of my definition of going all in. I don't really view, view you know, trading for, you know, a, 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 I'm a veteran is really going all in. I think you have to make moves that are risky and make those moves that may hurt you. But I mean, at least you're putting all your chips in, at least you're, you know, going all in and and in my opinion, I just don't think that that's really what the Cowboys have shown these past few years. And 
it, it seems like they're not fully all in with them bringing back Mike McCarthy and just saying, you know what, let's just try it again. The, the one pushback I want to say to you, Chris, really quick is about Bill Belichick. I really don't think he would have been the right coach, uh, especially for the Cowboys. I think the reports are pretty clear that he wanted to bring somebody in like a Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, all of his guys, uh, even maybe a Josh McDaniels. And I just think that that New England style of football, we've seen the lack of success with his coaching tree. Uh, the players have had success. You know, Mike Vrabel has, has been a successful head coach. But when you look at the coaching tree of Belichick, I just think sometimes you have to just, you know, say, listen, I'm going to step away. It's no longer my time. I don't think that he's shown that he's advanced any sort of defensive scheme. Um, you know, he's been able to take lesser players in the past and elevate them to perform at a high level. I just think there's a culture disconnect. That's where you see guys like a Demeco Ryans, uh, a Shane Syke, and a lot of these young coaches, maybe not so much a Jonathan Gannon, uh, with the QQ thing, but you know, you do have a lot of these young coaches that come in and connect with the culture. And we've seen a lot of positive things from players on the Cowboys team when Mike McCarthy was announced that he would be coming back. Everybody was like, great, great for Mike McCarthy, Jake Ferguson, uh, Deron Bland. I think there were a few others. And, you know, it's like that to me shows a lot more. When Nick Sirianni was being brought back to Philadelphia, not a lot of people were saying that it was the right thing. I know you had Fletcher Cox saying to the media, like, that's our guy after the playoff loss, like, don't even talk about that. But you're not hearing much from A.J. Brown and a lot of the stars. So I just think that when you're looking to go all in, you need somebody that the players can buy into. I think the New England way and style of football is a tough sell now to a lot of the players in this modern game. I don't mean to be a fence rider myself because of how much fun I made of Chris for the whole idea. But I think <laughs> everyone has a point here. I think yeah. that there is a semblance of all in that I would define as being all in to what everybody offered, the chat included. Um, Chris, where I would disagree with you is I think the most all in thing, the risky thing is keeping Mike McCarthy. I think that going with Bill Belichick or whoever you want is a commitment to more of the future than 2024. They're already fighting an inordinate amount of history, uh, like relative to their own team, their own franchise, right? Like they haven't done this in almost 30 years. Um, it is you know, not a common thing for a first-year head coach, not necessarily a rookie, but a first-year head coach to take a team to the Super Bowl, especially with a first-year quarterback if they had gone and moved on from Dak Prescott. Like, I do think there is – it is riskier than not to to run this back with Mike McCarthy. There is a level of conservatism to that or conservatorship. Um, certainly, I mean, it, multiple things can be true. Uh, but so I think that this was the riskiest thing. And I, I agree with you that there is some sense of real risk involved You've got to do something that is uncomfortable. You've got to spend some big money. You've got to bring in, whether it is Derrick Henry or something like that. Like, I agree that that kind of taste is is necessary. You can't just rely on the same nucleus. We've learned that, obviously, at this point. And, Brandon, where I agree with you, I think if, if they are going to be all in, if, if they're truly going to say, look, we're just – we're this is a one-way ticket. We're, we're either going to reach the Super Bowl or we're just going to kind of fail trying and then we'll all go our separate ways and, you know, we'll shake hands in 20 years and remember the good times, then I think you have to bring back Tyron Smith. Because there's just no way you can find any conceivable option to fix your left tackle issue now for this run. You have to bring him back, and you have to hope against hope that he defies the odds again a second year in a row and plays more games than he doesn't, and that's your offensive line. Uh, where I agree with the chat in a lot of ways, um, well, they are all over the place, to be very fair. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I kind of agree that if they went all in the way we think, I like this comment from Danny Tam that says, I don't have the faith that they'd be better. Like, I, I don't either. Like, I thought Lars OCC had a great article um, on Blogging the Boys on Monday where he noted that the Cowboys haven't groomed 
a lot. I don't know if either of you read this, and that's fine. But yeah. in, in the post Bill Parcells era, Bill Parcells had that coaching staff that we all knew had a billion different people, Sean Payton and uh, Mike Zimmer and even Dan Campbell as a player who became NFL head coaches. Since then, there have been three people on the Cowboys staff that have gone on to become different head coaches. One of them was Jason Garrett. So, so like, and he became the Cowboys head coach. Uh, one of them was Joe DiCamillis, who only became a head coach on an interim basis. The other was Matt Eberflus, whose team literally owns the number one pick in the NFL draft, although they didn't earn it, but they did last year. And so not necessarily looking great. So they're not a franchise that has cultivated a high level of whatever you want to call it. And so I do think this is the most all in sort of thing, um, which is weird and awkward and part of the old, you know, kind of weird phenomenon they find themselves in, which is why it's such a fascinating and terrible and terrifying offseason. Um, so all that being said, uh, before we started the show, I told Chris and Brandon that I watched The Iron Claw um, over the weekend, which is a really sad and devastating movie. Um, but I told Chris because he brought up, what did you bring up about wrestling? Something about Raw or something? I don't uh, know. The Royal was. Rumble. Yeah, I'm not a wrestling person, so I didn't get it. Um, I'm, yeah, it's just not my thing. Um, I'm not a huge so, fan anymore, but like I used to be. So, well, you ruined my setup, Chris. That's okay. Um, but yeah. in a wrestling sense, off the top rope, coming in, even though he didn't make it, Mike Poland is here uh, <laughs> to close out the show. Mike, uh, welcome. It's almost three in the morning for you across the pond. Um, just coming straight up hot. Do you believe Jerry Jones when he says the Cowboys are all in on 2024? Um, I would like to say yes, but. We don't know. Like the, the issue is, is pick a side, when, Mike. Pick a side. Yes or no? Uh, no, because um, I haven't seen it yet. Basically, what what would it take to convince you? I'll change the question. What would it take to convince okay. you, they're all in? To actually see it happen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's a case of at the moment it's nothing but lip service. Like if. They are going to change their ways and they're going all in, whatever that means. Um, I would need to see whatever that is because we've heard them say things before in the past and we've also seen a lot of, I like my guys. So until I actually see them go all in, that's when I believe it. Wow, that's really depressing, Brandon. Are you down yet? Or are you still remaining sunshine and, and I'm, I'm sunshine and rainbows all the time. Listen, the, <laughs> it's darkest before the dawn, baby. That, that's all I have to say. <laughs> um, Chris, what would it take? Give me, give me an actual move. If they, if they sign Derek Henry, and I know that I think that you would say that that is them going all in. But are we really going to say that them signing a free agent running back because we presume Derek Henry would be a free agent is like this all in, you know? watch this chips to the center of the table move. Cause I don't really think that that would be that. Yeah. I mean, I mean for the Philadelphia Eagles, that's not an all in move cause they've been very aggressive in the past, but for Jerry Jones and Steven Jones, that's an all in type of move to me. I think it really has to be a move that just makes the fan base kind of uncomfortable, kind of like, you know, when, um, when they traded that first round pick for Amari Cooper, it was kind of like, ah, I mean, maybe, you know, and then it ended up being great. I think the Cowboys have to do something that, that kind of is like, yeah, like we're banking on this to work. If it doesn't, then like we're going to pay the price for it. And whether that's trading the first round pick, whether that's signing a free agent to a contract that maybe is a little pricey, but just doing something that 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 really truly benefits them for this season. But if they don't make it all the way, then it could hurt them in the future. And that's kind of what we saw with the Los Angeles Rams. You know, they went all in and they traded all their picks and did everything that they could, and they got a Super Bowl. 
And I mean, at the end of the day, it worked out for them because I mean, I mean, like that's what you're playing for. And I think that Cowboys fans would give up the next three first round picks if it took a guaranteed Super Bowl win. So, so I mean, I think that there's different ways that like, I think there's different ways that you're able to view it. But I think from my perspective, that's the true definition of going all in. I, I would Brandon. say if you're looking to put like a name to an all-in move, and I think Mike, you might agree with this too, is listen, we all love Jonathan Hankins. I love Jonathan Hankins. Mm-hmm. But if the alternative of an all-in move is to sign somebody like a Chris Jones, who's a free agent for Kansas City next year, I think that would spark an all-in push. And maybe it's a little pricey. Maybe you kind of tell Dak or whoever is on the team, like, hey, listen, we need you to restructure a contract. We're trying to get this type of player. I don't think anybody would really kind of bat an eye at that and say, okay, let's try and play ball here. I know he's 29, going to be 30 years old next year, but, you know, he has the Mississippi State connection that, you know, him and Dak could share. Maybe they've talked before in the offseason. But if you're trying to elevate somebody like a Mozzie Smith, like if you don't believe the coaching staff can fix Mozzie Smith, having somebody like Chris Jones come in and help teach him how to play the position as a professional, you can keep developing Osa at that level and kind of just be the centerpiece of your defense um, to help somebody like a Micah Parsons where you have this sort of true pass rusher, even if it's for trading for somebody like an Aaron Donald. So like if you go for these big name defensive tackles, something that the Cowboys haven't had in a very long time, I think that starts changing the tune a little bit more. And even I think an all in push would be to recognize like what Chris is saying, these, oh, our guy type moves. Well, if Mozzie Smith isn't really cutting it and you need him to sit on the bench for a year or two because you're, you're getting an Aaron Donald or a Chris Jones, then that's okay. Like, deviating from who you've been and sort of that cognitive dissonance, like embrace that. To me, that would also signify sort of this all-in push too. Miguel, Chris Jones, you down? Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the family pedigree is a big one. I mean, look at that, that entire family. They're just, a, a, you, you know, they are champions across the board. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with Brandon that if – you are going to make a move uh, and they roll in. That's the type of move you're looking at, whether that, that's a Chris Jones. Like I, I made a comment before of a guy like uh, <clears throat> from Tampa Bay linebacker, Devin White. That's another push that you can make. If you get a guy like that, that's a push and step forward where you go, okay, m- m- you are looking to take steps to go all in. Um, and if they are and they do it, then let's go for it. You know, Um I, I think the comment, I don't know what everyone else thinks. I wonder if perhaps Jerry going, I'm, you know, I'm all in and I'm not willing to build for the future anymore is perhaps not just him going, right, no, let's go get a win. That it's also him looking towards the future and going, well, how much longer have I got as, you know, the, 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 the boss, if you like, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys? I, and that, that was something that sprung into my mind straight away is, is Jerry perhaps hinting towards retirement? I mean, I don't think any of us would ever believe that, Mike. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you got here late, uh, but know. Um, you know that's on uh, hell Marys. You're trying to get those last second points. Well, you know, Mike is not eligible, um, unfortunately, oh. but he is going to play an important factor. I promise, and we'll get there very <laughs> shortly. Um, Mike, do you have any kind of closing thoughts before we get to the tallying? Because you got here late. Um, anything you want to add uh, about Jerry's comments, Stevens' comments, and we'll hear from Brandon about the Shrine Bowl before we hand out the winner. 
Uh, I mean, you guys probably covered most of it. Um, I, you know, I'm, unfortunately, as you say, I'm late to the show, so I'm playing catch up at the moment. Um, Jerry, Jerry's comments, like uh, the the one that sprung to my mind was, is it, it, it? You know, I know it's doubtful, but I was like, mm, is he making a push here because he's worried about moving on? But Stephen's comment as well, I think, felt very like he was almost. It felt obvious. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you guys have spoken about. I like when you said it, I was kind of like, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's everybody else's thoughts, but as soon as he said it, I, I was like, that's very much in line with how we all feel, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Stephen Jones. I, I mentioned it was him saying water is wet. Um, his you know, <laughs> his, you guys are, are pissed off. Um, okay, so we're gonna keep the suspense going, uh, because uh Mike as you've seen before, the chat um, is our third competitor here. And the chat has the lead going into the final point situation, uh, which I think that Brandon and Chris will enjoy very much. Um, a super chat quickly for you, Mike, because you weren't here from Brian. What did you think about Jerry's comment? Actually, we can all go around. Um, Jerry refused Brandon to, you know, commit to extending Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, they, they like to stir the pot on this. We all know that. Um do you put any stock into this, or do you think this is Jerry just wanting this to remain a story as Super Bowl week is upon us? I think it's more about a negotiating thing. Like, I think, honestly, in the art of business, if you kind of tip your hand and say, no, we love Dak, we love all this, all right, well, we're going to up the price, you know, and it's going to be a little bit more expensive than you think. So I think it's a lot more of a negotiating tactic where they don't want to kind of give too much towards Dak because they still need to play ball, and it's a very – difficult agent to play ball with so sort of any opportunity they talk about and they've already said during the season how committed they are to Dak Jerry has talked about it too at nauseam as well so to me it's really not deviating from you know what he said in the past it's more of just kind of keeping a tight lip on things until that next press conference where Dak's sitting at the table and maybe it's a little bit more of a mutual understanding between the two Chris I would agree with Brandon in that sense. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think that they shouldn't be that committed to extending him because I mean, I think that Dak is an elite quarterback, but I mean, I mean, like, what have you done for me lately in the playoffs? And I think that that's very valuable and important. And I mean, it sucks because I think that he's been an elite quarterback. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but there's just something that's not clicking and not working. And, you know, how much longer are you just going to continue retrying retrying because he's been the same same thing throughout all these different head coaches with him and jason garrett and then with the um a different coordinator going from kellen moore to mike mccarthy i mean i mean they've made changes around dak prescott dak prescott has still been that same continuity of of being there and not being able to take them over the hump so so i mean i think that yes it's a negotiating tactic but also i think that they really shouldn't be rushing to extend him to a four or five year contract. I think that they should really find a way to try and see how the season plays out first before extending him. And I know that that's going to be hard cap wise. It's going to be hard financially, but, but like, I would rather just take that hit for one year and know for sure about the decision. than you know, you know, I'm, I mean, imagine if the Cowboys give them a four to five year contract and then the same result happens in the wild card weekend and they've gone all in and they've done what they can then, then, then who gets the blame, you know? So, I mean, I think that they should be a little bit cautious about giving him that long-term deal. Mike, yeah, I'm emulate. I'm, I mean, obviously, me and Brandon speak way too much because my thoughts are exactly the same here. That it has to be 
a nod towards him intentions and towards like trying to get the ball rolling and to say like this is a negotiating tactic that we're trying to use to get Dak in the you know to stay in the building that you know really the way the contract's drawn up you kind of i feel almost have no choice with it with the void years with the amount that's going on and plus like you know you add everything into that what what other options really do you have i mean yeah you can say we can go to the draft but how does that work it, you know it, it's not a sla- it's not the be all and end all of the best choice that you can have so i think when you look, stop and you look at it, Dak, okay, he, he's got his warts, you know, for sure. But this is more Jerry going, let's get him signed because look around the league, like Dak it would solve a lot of team problems within just the division, mind you, as well, you know, if he left. Um, <laughs> not that that would happen, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with the same idea that this was a negotiating tackle from from Jerry to to start the things moving and getting rolling along, basically. Well said. Okay, I don't mean to keep building suspense, but Brandon, you are in the Frisco area. You are uh, very, very busy. What has uh, the Shrine Bowl experience been like for you? Who has popped to you? Mike's done a great job writing about these players, uh, but you've been up close and personal so far. Um, give us your takes, please. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I guess the first place to start, too, is it's benefiting Shriner Children's Hospital. So it's all for a great cause. At the end of the day, that's why the game is played. 99 years of doing so. So that's always great to mention. Um, if you are in the area, I mean, it, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I was at the game two years ago in Vegas, and it was by far one of the most fun experiences I've had. And again, you're not rooting for anybody. You're rooting for the players. So at the end of the day, it's to benefit a good cause. And to benefit the players as well, too. I got to meet Tony Catalina in live in person. Again, you know, again, we do this all remote from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. So if we get to have a chance to meet, you know, each other in person, that's always a great experience. But specifically about the Cowboys, um, I was told that, you know, every team in like the interview process, right? You know, the Cowboys have pulled a lot of players from the East-West round game in the past. Everybody gets about 15 minutes, almost like a speed dating round to talk to these guys, get to know uh, the in-depth kind of personalities about them, where they would fit in their team. And a lot of players in front offices kind of like this environment. They get more time with them than you might get at maybe like a combine or, uh, of course, the private workouts too always help. But it really is like a nice in-person experience. Um, I was told that Mike McCarthy, Al Harris, and Dan Quinn were all there at some point during the week. Speaking about Dan Quinn, you know, again, where things end up with him as head coach, it might be a benefit. It might not really mean anything if he's not here. Um, but I do think that there's more of an emphasis than in the past of the Cowboys to get this right with players from the East-West Shrine game because, you know, I was told, like, it's in their own backyard. And that's something I brought up to Eric Galco over the summer when him and I were talking. It's like, how important is it to the Cowboys, you know, the fact that they have it at the star? You know, the game is there. It's played in their own backyard. And he said, well, everybody gets an equal opportunity. But the way I was told today by somebody is they want to show that they can kind of maximize the draft from something that they have firsthand accountability for with it being so close in their own building. Um, so I was told that the over under might be at around three and a half players taken from this game for the Cowboys. That could be the draft picks that could be uh, in free agency undrafted free agency. But last year they took about three or four players from, from this game too. So they put a big emphasis on it. Um, I would say that there wasn't as much going on today with it being the final practice before the game kind of touching up on a lot of things, but players that stood out, a lot of the same names that you saw throughout the week, Malik Washington and Cornelius Johnson, Michigan and uh, Virginia and Michigan, 
both outstanding players, just as advertised. Um, great fluidity in their route running. Uh, Chris has talked about Malik Washington. I know we've also talked about Johnson as well. Um, it's a little interesting. They have two sets of twins in this game, the Murphys from UCLA and then also the Yankees from South Dakota State, both, again, as a triplet. I think it's a cool story to see kind of brothers playing together. Uh, the quarterbacks, which will always be highlighted, Devin Leary and uh, Tulia Tagovailoa. I would say they're both the Diet Coke versions of their predecessors with Will Levis and Tua. Um, they have their strengths. There's a little bit of weaknesses there, too, to their game. But I thought Leary had a great day of practice today, kind of brush up on some things. And same with Tulia. Um, a few players that I really like, Jerry and Jones out of Florida State, cornerback. The Cowboys can certainly take a look at him. He's more of a slot guy, but he was flying around the field all day today. Very high energy, uh, which is what you want to see. He's at six foot 192. So I think if they want to move on from Jordan Lewis, highly productive player at Florida State, that could be a name to watch. Um, and to me, the one player that got the most pop and most buzz, not only today, but throughout with the week on defense, uh, was safety. Uh, Dadrian Taylor Demerson out of Texas Tech. Uh, one scout told me he was the smartest player, bar none, on defense all week. He came in, learned the defense right away. He was actually teaching players uh, the defense and where to line up, which I think is equally important. He was always the first one in line when watching the drills today. Uh, his proven instincts at Texas Tech really translated throughout the entire week of practice, certainly with that today. And one scout told me that depending on his size and testing, he's about 5'10", 189, so a little smaller for the safety position. But that could push him to maybe day three, maybe undrafted. But I think somebody will take a chance on him in day three. Um, they told me he would be a starter right away the moment he hits the field and has to take over for somebody. That's how confident this scout was in his ability. So all in all, I think it's a great class. I think given the history with where the Cowboys have taken players from this game, definitely keep an eye out for them. Edridgen Cooper, the Texas A&M linebacker, didn't play, didn't practice, uh, but he could be a first-round pick that the Cowboys could take. So definitely if you get a chance, take a look at their website, get to know the names. Uh, Wanya Thomas was pulled from this game. Um, you know, a lot of guys over the past that you've seen within the Cowboys organization have come from the East-West Shrine game, and I don't expect that not to continue this year. All incredible information, Brandon. Everybody follow Brandon on Twitter. Brandon is right. Um, he's been doing a great job this week and will continue to do so, obviously. Um, as he gets Whataburger, if you leave the state without it, um, <laughs> you're never welcome back. I'll just say Yeah. That. Okay, I'll take it. Hey, listen, I'll go on my yearly hiatus again. Uh, I'll go back into my cave. Good for you. Um, okay, so the time has come uh to hand out a champion for tonight um much like the shrine bowl produced several champions obviously for the dallas cowboys because the cowboys are gonna win the super bowl next year right um anyway uh enough with the copium an update on the score i went and tied some points while you were speaking brandon as well just to make sure we cut everything uh you have a one point lead on both chris and the chat now we're about to do something that mike and the chat are familiar with but that you brandon and you chris have never done before. This has been kind of a twist on the roundtables over the course of, I don't know, maybe the last eight to 10 weeks, something like that. In my hand are three pieces of paper. They're numbered one, two, and three. And on the back are values that I have written down. Each one has a point value. All right. They're already written down. And Mike is going to assign these pieces of paper. He's going to say number one goes here, number two goes there, number three goes there. And it's just let the chips fall where they may. Does everybody understand the rules? Brandon, Chris. Uh, there's no hanging chads in this situation, right? I just want to make sure we're, we're good with that. There are none. And what I will say for Mike and the chat, um, in the past, mm. the range of numbers have been a little bit all over the place. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like one one piece had like three points and one had like 81. 
so to make things interesting, um, these are these are much closer. The 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 furthest separation between two of these numbers is three. Uh, that's the, the the value that separates them. Uh, that was a really awkward way to put it. Uh, Watsamata says, "Mike, don't play the game." Uh, I played the game already. L2K says, let us pick. Mike gets to do something, L2K. So, Mike, numbers one, two, and three, who yeah. are you going to assign them to? Brandon, Chris, and the chat, why? Are you assigning each one which number? Okay, so uh, Brandon can be number one because uh, okay. he's he's the first one, Ryan. Uh, I'm going to go power to the people to number two because that okay. has, uh, in the past, that was what managed to give me victory. So I'm handing over the lucky number to the chat and then obviously chris is with uh number three uh okay so, yes yeah, so we're gonna go brandon laurie gets number one the chat gets number two chris gets number three just so we're clear l2k is on record l2k wanted one for the chat but you gave them two all right so that being said number one all right the sheet of paper i don't know if you can see it there's number one the value on the back 47 Wow. Number of points you get, Brandon Laurie. So let's go ahead and update the score. It's a very dramatic thing. Chris, how do you feel about this? I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't Man. you don't really like this. It's okay. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's fun, but like I didn't want it to be this close to where it would come down to this for me. You know, like, well, you know what? You should have played harder. Me. That's what you should have done, Chris. Uh, I mean, that is true. Yeah. Um, okay. So Brandon, you're up to 174. I guess, Chris, we can do you next since you've complained the most. Uh, here's number three. Uh, your value, Chris, despite the fact that you were complaining, is 49. Okay. Wow. You were all upset a little while ago. And, you know, do you have anything to say for yourself? <laughs> I take it all back. I love this game. <laughs> I, I know that you uh, take it all back and you love this game, but you still, um, you know, have one to go. All right. So 175. This is, I mean, I told you this was a really, you know, tight kind of contest. Let me get to the, the comments, Come by on. the way. Uh, L2K uh, said, Mike, uh, Watsamata said, we are cooked. If number one was 47. Um, <laughs> Watsamata <laughs> says, ours is going to be like five. L2K says it's 50. Um, so Mike, you picked number two for the chat. The, the luckiest of all the numbers. It is a 50 burger <laughs> that you have handed to the chat. So, uh, the final tally, thanks to Mike Poland, the wow. chat successfully defends their title. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Mike, what do you have to say for yourself? Look what you just accomplished. Look at the razor thin margin that this was. Um, I mean, you know, uh, RJ, in, in a way, in a sense, you should have known the number I was going to pick because we've done this before. And I explained the process of why that two is. Don't the... accuse me of, of stuff in the ballot, Mike. You, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not Oz the mentalist here. You had every ability to choose what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, I felt that pressure at that moment when you asked me to assign the numbers and, um, Looking at the chat, I was a little bit concerned for a moment, but um, I'm glad that they're all back on my side again. They seem to be friends with me. And, I haven't um, seen L2K apologize to you, Mike, by the way. L2K was really upset with you that you took number two and not number one. Had you taken number one for them, they would have lost. I think an exactly. apology um, is uh, is in order. Brandon, Danny said uh, that you think this is scripted, like the NFL. How do you feel? You had such <laughs> a high moment, Brandon, and then it all fell apart. You know what? I had my moment of glory. I, I will say this, that Blog of the Boys is powered by the fans, so give power to the people. I'm, I'm always true. for that. So the, the, the true winners won here. 
Chris, um, this was a weird roller coaster for you because you thought the whole thing was dumb. And then you thought it was amazing because you took the lead over Brandon. But then it all was taken away from you. How are you feeling now? I think I want a recount of the votes. Wow. <laughs> um, it's, you know, the Bitter chat to the very end. The chat has won two games in a row. Very impressive. Wow. You, if you were striving to be anything in life, strive to be like the chat. Um, okay. Um, by the way, L2K apologized to you, Mike. Said thanks for the late show and win, unlike Dak. Wow. Um, uh, anyway, all right, let's get out of here. And as we do, Mike, please tell us something that I like to say this a lot that you promise to eat. It can be for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, but before the Super Bowl. So something you promise to eat. We want to know the full meal. Okay. Um, so uh, <laughs> there is a tradition where I like to have uh, Mexican food which we put on before because we have a big group of us to get together. So it's going to be on a, a delicious uh, white flour tortilla uh, in a rich uh, barbecue with a little hint of spice um, on that chicken, along with sliced peppers, onions, some delicious sour cream, and obviously the, the, the beautiful rich red salsa to go along with it. It's very descriptive. Yep. Yeah, that was a lot better than I thought we were going to get. I thought it was going to be like, oh, like a burger and fries or something. Nope. Uh, um, you know, fish and chips. Uh, wow. Um, Chris, the last word belongs to you. Whatever you want it to be. Pain. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.